Welcome to the Money Lighthouse podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs, where we showcase energy healers, lightworkers, holistic coaches, hypnotherapists, and creatives using their intuitive healing and transformative gifts to create an impact and a healthy income, as well as celebrate their one-of-a-kind, soul-expressed businesses. We'll take a look at the inspirational and insightful money lessons and messages in the world around us. I'm Michelle I. Revis, your host and fellow spiritual entrepreneur, learning, exploring, and uncovering the gifts and the personal growth opportunities of a soul-inspired business right alongside with you. Thanks so much for pressing the play button and listening. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Money Lighthouse podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs. Today, we are honored to have an incredibly inspiring guest, Courtney Tucker of R&R Healing. Courtney is a Reiki master, tarot reader, and spiritual hypnotherapist currently living on the island of Oahu. I've had the honor of reading Courtney's Vedic astrology chart, and as soon as I saw the configurations of her lunar nodes, planets, and luminaries, I was drawn in and immediately felt the extreme energies. My friend has lived a wild and wonderful life, overcoming incredible obstacles and challenges along the way. I think that's what makes her such a kind, sweet, non-judgmental, holistic practitioner and friend. Her unique perspective on the power of healing and the mind-body connection has shaped her own experiences, giving her a profound understanding that she brings to her practice. With years of experience in her field, as well as her life, Courtney has developed a deep understanding of the soul-body connection and how to leverage it to unlock hidden potential and promote healing. Through her work at R&R Healing, that's her business, Courtney Tucker offers various services that highlight the power of spiritual hypnosis, Reiki, and tarot reading to help her clients achieve greater well-being and personal growth. She creates a safe and supportive space for her clients to explore their inner worlds and tap into their own innate wisdom. Whether they're seeking to clear unwanted habits, overcome anxiety, gain clarity about their life path, or simply find inner peace. Her compassionate and non-judgmental approach is a testament to her dedication to her clients and their overall holistic health. In this interview, I was excited to dive deep into Courtney's fascinating story and learn more about how she helps her clients achieve greater well-being and personal growth. My beautiful friend brings a wealth of passion, knowledge, and wisdom to the table, and I loved exploring the fascinating world of holistic healing with her. This interview took place on the cusp of her journey into the world of learning a form of Egyptian Reiki. I was fascinated not only 
by her past, but also the future of her life and where she's going to be next or what she's going to create next. So my friend, get comfy, relax, and listen in as we embark on this journey of self-discovery with Courtney Tucker of R&R Healing. Thank you so much, Courtney, for joining me today and agreeing to be a guest on the podcast for this episode. Thank you so much for inviting me. I was like so happy whenever you invited me. I've been wanting to interview you for the podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And I have to say your Vedic astrology reading like blew my mind. It was so correct. Oh, yeah, that was so much fun. I'm going to have to really like study. Like, I would love to study Vedic astrology and know more about it. It's so much more depth than Western astrology. It's called the science of light. And the Vedic astrologers are known as Joytish. It's Joytish is the term for Vedic astrology or astrology from India. And there's so much you could be a student for your whole life. There's always something more to learn about yourself, what you see in your chart, different techniques. I mean, you could do relationship readings. You can do timing. When's the best time? Yeah, there's tons of different ways they teach you to even read someone's natal chart. And I know you love to learn like I love to learn. So if you were to start learning Vedic astrology, I think you'd be very happy with the journey. You would go on self-discovery, learning about others. I can definitely say it has made me more of a compassionate person because we're all born with certain proclivities and we're all trying to manage our humanness and grow at the same time very true very true (laughs) but i love your your business you're a tarot reader reiki practitioner a master now and you do hypnotherapy and i wanted to ask you how did you get started were you always metaphysically spiritually inclined and curious Or was there an evolution or was there like a defining moment where you're like, okay, this is, this is what I'm being drawn to. Oh, that's such a, such a good question. Such a loaded question too. So growing up, my mother, so I grew up overseas, born in Singapore, raised throughout Southeast Asia until I was around eight. Okay. So my mother introduced me to all different religions, right? Mm -hmm. And told me that these religions, none of them are wrong. So at at a young age, I have a very active imagination. I want to know about everything. And then as I'm getting older, something, something happened in my life. And I wanted, I wanted to learn how to do tarot, you know, because in, in Houston, so I lived in Houston before I moved to Hawaii. And in Houston, I had a monk that was known for being psychic. So if I ever had a problem or ever wanted to know anything, I would go to him and I would ask and he would tell me. And then when I moved to Hawaii, I just, I taught, I just taught myself how to read tarot cards. Oh, interesting. There's some people that have been, you know, tarot, tarot kind of never stops. You know, you never stop learning with tarot. So there's some people that have been learning tarot for 30 years. I'm on my fifth year. Yeah. And so that's how I got started in tarot. So with 
hypnotherapy during COVID, one of my girlfriends said, you know, you love Dolores Cannon's books. Why don't you do exactly what she does? And I was like, it's, it's so expensive, blah, blah. And so I just started Googling hypnotherapy on YouTube. First thing that pops up is Courtney Starkey. And so I was like, how do I get in touch with this woman? I absolutely love her energy. I got in contact with her. We talked for a little bit and I was like, the price is perfect. You know, I, I love her energy, like I said. And then that's how I got into it. And so now I do QHHT and I do SEH. I love both. I think that SEH is kind of like QHHT without the, without the wheels on it. That's interesting. You learned a traditional and I guess modern or progressive approach to spiritual hypnosis which I think gives you a really nice kind of overall perspective of the potential of the different types of modalities that are out there. Because I think you also do, you're a certified hypnotherapist with, with NAF. So you do the transpersonal clinical work also. Right. So yeah. So the clinical stuff, I don't do a lot of that stuff. And like, I wish, I wish I did that a little bit more. And that's for like, you know, Quitting smoking, losing weight, any kind of fears. You can do chakra attunements with it. You can do a lot of metaphysical stuff with it. The only thing is that the client has to keep up with it because the client has to listen to it for 30 days as they're falling asleep. Right. So it, right. it gets right. implanted into the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I did have a client that wanted to stop some hair pulling. She had been through a lot of trauma as a child. Anything you can think of, she's been through it. And she just has pulled her hair out ever since she was a little child because that's how she dealt with the trauma. And so I did a session with her and she's also a good friend of mine, so I won't say her name. But she has quit pulling her hair out. Oh. Yeah, remar remarkable. Literally, when someone's frustrated on distress, that's, that's the phrase, right? I'm pulling out my hair. And yeah. for you to be able to help someone with that, I think it's amazing healing work. So interesting how everything comes back to the subconscious. Yes, your autopilot. Yeah, and like another thing too that I, I really, really just love about hypnotherapy just in general is that people don't realize any of these questions that people have, like, who are my guides? Who are my, you know, what are my guides' names? What is my soul's purpose? All of those questions, those can all be answered because we all have the answers within. Right. So you know? and I love the story you're telling me about your Reiki journey and where you're wanting to focus your Reiki on, your new classes that you're going to take. I thought that was so interesting how it is bringing your past and your interest in history into the work you're doing today. So it's like you're bridging your past to your present day. And, and then I wonder, oh, I wonder how that's going to affect your future or your future lifetimes. If you have any here incarnated on earth or where are you going to take it in the future? But can you tell us a little bit about your Reiki here, Egyptian Reiki? I think that's what it's called. Yeah, so the Egyptian is called Sekum Reiki, and then the normal Reiki that most people have heard about, that's the Japanese Usui Reiki. And so I started Usui, I want to say five years ago, and then realized, like, we can heal people with our hands. 
we all have the energy. It's it's what Jesus did. It is a Christ consciousness energy that mm-hmm. is within every single person. It just has to be harnessed. And not saying I'm bad at hypnotherapy by any means, but I know I'm stronger in Reiki. That's just the gift of mine. And so when I went to Egypt last year, I got, God bless. I still can't believe I got to go. <laughs> it's still like a dream. I went last year in October for two weeks and I have many past lives there. I'm sure I did Reiki there too. But yeah, somebody told me that there was a thing called Sekhem Reiki. And I was like, what? It has the word of Sekhmet in it, which Sekhmet is their master healer. And so, yeah, so you have to be a Reiki master as a prerequisite, even just to get into Sekhem Reiki. So I took my Japanese Reiki master training with Brandy, who is a an, an amazing medium, animal communicator. This woman can do everything. She's amazing. So anyways, I took my I took my Reiki with her and her friend does second Reiki. So it kind of like just fell in my lap too. like the just the way everything happened. It's like, boom, it's right there. So that's amazing. Yeah, I'm very I'm excited to take that. That should probably happen. I think within the next month or two and the way that the way that they do it is totally opposite of how the Japanese do it. Oh, interesting. And you I think one of the words you used to describe it to me was magic. They they do magic or Yeah. So let me explain that a little bit because that's a very loaded statement. <laughs> what I learned, one of the things I learned when I was in Egypt is that, you know, the, the hieroglyphs, all the symbols in the walls, they didn't just put these symbols in the walls. They were chanting when they were doing it. They were imbuing it with with their magic. And so later on, when the Romans came, they knew how how much power these hieroglyphs had in them. And so they would they would deface them and get them off the walls. You know, because the, the Romans couldn't figure out how come we can't get Egypt, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, Egypt was really, really protected, but it was protected by a lot of the magic that they did, a lot of the hieroglyphs and stuff like that. So the way that it was explained to me is that it's some of their symbols, their symbols are kind of magical. Just like how Reiki symbols have power and meaning behind them. And I, I would say you could say that for a lot of symbology, right? It's like, exactly. The crystals have rake or not rake. They have power in them. You know, they have magic in them. There's so many things nowadays that people don't necessarily use that word, but energy can be another word for magic. Mm-hmm. You know, right. intention could be magic. Exactly. Right, because that's using your thoughts, your mind, and you're putting energy towards it. So even words can be magic. I was just going to say that. (laughs) I love that. We're often thinking and feeling the same thing or on the same page. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so interesting that it's such an ancient practice, ancient religion, ancient wisdom and knowledge and how much we don't know, but we think we're so advanced now that we're going back to the ancient. So it's yeah. 
I I find it so laughable when people tell me, well, we're we're so advanced now. This is this is the best that humanity has ever done. I'm like, really? You think you know that for sure? You think mm-hmm. you're a thousand percent? Are you willing to put money on that? They have things in the ancient world that would just blow your mind. They they can't even recreate the pyramids now if they wanted to. They have no idea besides their lever lever and pulley system. And that's not how they were built, by the way. They, yeah, they're just totally backwards. And a lot of their thinking about how they got the pyramids to be and everything like that. So they had advanced technology that we don't have now. But I think we're headed back to that way. It's where that technology one day, their ancient technology will research, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, they they call it the wonder, the wonders of the world. Okay. So our 21st century brains and minds can't wrap our mind around how these things were made in ancient times or, you know, long, long, long ago, however many years. And, but we call it wonders of the world. Like they're a great mystery, of course, because we killed off knowledge from the source. So it would be interesting to see how there's a resurgence back to the ancient. And then if we can also combine it with some of the tools that we have now or improve the tools that we have now. And then what future Earth in this plane looks like or is going to look like and how it heals people, how it helps humanity. It's so exciting. So that's why I think people like you who are doing this ancient work and kind of keeping it alive is so important. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I just, I really feel that, especially with the second Reiki, since it is so different, I feel like at some point I will be able to combine a lot of modalities and kind of make my own. Mm. And I think that that will be really strong. But I mean, it is amazing, especially right now, time in history we are at right now, where so many people are awakening and they're awakening to these things that worked for thousands and thousands of years, whether it's herbs or a way of thinking, a religion, you know, like Buddhism. And there's just so many religions that are that are ancient that people still use today, you know, and just like herbs that have been used for thousands of years that still work today. Right. You know, there, there's a lot to be said for the ancients and their ancient knowledge. And, yes. and I mean, it should be passed down. Like everybody should, should learn how to heal themselves, mm-hmm. you know. And I love what you said earlier about what your mom told you about being exposed to all of those different religions, that they're all right. They're all correct because she's right. Yes. They are all correct. And what. What a wonderful mom to have that said, you know what? They're all correct. These are all religions and they're all correct. And you're so funny because her and I just had this talk the other day and I started getting teary eyed and I thanked her for raising me to to see everybody equally, to look at all the different religions, religions of the world and realize that they are basically saying the same exact thing. It's just like a different tone. You know, right. they... All of the religions, no matter which one it is, whether they believe in one God or they believe in many gods, we're all trying to get to the same place. It's just like 
it's it's just a different path you know mm-hmm. so you have to find the path that suits you you know because my <laughs> and this gets kind of personal but my husband is christian and i'm a very devout buddhist mm-hmm. and we we just make it work you know because we know at at the end of the day we did we get into some you know theological debates you could say but at at the end of the day we are just praying to our own version of god right right you know to our own understanding of what god truly is Mm -hmm. i like to say source and spirit he says god but you know it's okay because it's it's all the same thing and if they would have realized that like a long time ago like hey guys there doesn't need to be the crusades it's okay (laughs) doesn't need to be all this killing right you know very true yeah yeah i tell you my my mom's side is christian and then my dad's side is buddhist but he doesn't practice he's not a practicing buddhist but my aunt is and she goes every february to kyoto for this big fire festival and she brings back all our little amulets and prayer cards and whatnot oh, yeah, so she says, okay, be sure to put this in your wallet or in your bag or something you're always carrying when you're going out. This is for safety and for abundance. And so it's just very sweet. I love how that view, just to have that, to share with, with your, your family, friends, that all religions are correct. Yes. So and there all is aligning, not- yeah. And and my mom, too, and this is kind of funny. So when we were living in Thailand, we, we had nannies. And everything over there, like, everybody had nannies, you know, but they they were all Muslim. Uh-huh. And so they, they taught me at a very young age to pray to Mecca. And so I was praying to Mecca, but I was also being taken to Thai Buddhist temples. <laughs> and then I was also taken to synagogues, you know, Jewish synagogues. And then I was also taken to church. So I got to see it all at a young age, you know, and I didn't understand anything. I was just like, oh, these people are super nice. I don't like all these steps, but they're really nice. You know, and these people are just as nice, too. I don't know why they're wearing the funny things on their head, the, the, you know, the Jewish people. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it was so interesting being able to see all of it and see all the connections. And yeah, I mean, it was a beautiful thing. And then as I got older my mom let me decide you know well honey like which which church do you feel like going to or if you don't feel like going to church you don't have to go right and I was like no I would rather hear it and read about the apocrypha and the Gnostic Bible and blah blah, blah and that kind of stuff and she's <laughs> like whoa that kind of stuff okay yeah yeah very very cool when I was really sick and in the hospital on my husband's side his aunt was dead synagogue somewhere in California praying for me, you know, in the Jewish tradition. And then my aunt here in Hawaii, she's Buddhist. So there was a, someone Buddhist praying for me, and of course, Christianity. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful that all these people that their faith doesn't matter who, what, they're connected with the heart and it's for love, for compassion, for being on the path of trying to better their lives, their families' lives, or who they are as a person. So it was just oh, so special. Yeah. 
And then at the end of the day, it didn't really matter the dogma of this and that and, you know, right or wrong. It was the intention of, okay, someone needs help. We're going to pray for their healing. And yeah, it was just so beautiful and so touching. It is beautiful. So you think, oh my goodness, if you kind of shut out one or shut out all the other religions and not, you know, and just focus on your own, you could be missing out on some really amazing, beautiful, deep knowledge, wisdom, healing from all these other traditions, cultures, and faiths that just would enrich your life even more. Yeah, like I had a I had a best friend that was a Sufi for a long time. He's now Buddhist, but he was a very devout Sufi for about 12 years. And I learned so much from him. Mm. I learned so much about the the Quran and Sufism and exactly like I, it, it's not pulling up in my head right now exactly what he told me. But but the, yeah, Sufism is actually is beautiful, beautiful. Have you ever heard of Sufism? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Sufism is the esoteric part of Islam. Mm-hmm. And they chant and do everything in a certain way. And they're supposed to brush their teeth with like a wooden toothbrush and only sleep on the left side, you know, and that this is like there's scientific reasons for them doing all these things that science has just figured out. They've been doing these things for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really in- like all of it. It's just so interesting. All of it interests me. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I love that we live in a time where we have the freedom to change what religion we want to we want to follow. We ha- we are able to choose which one or which Thank one. God. Right? Yeah. We we you don't have to limit ourselves to be I'm just this. I can be this and this. And whatever works for us, whatever helps us connect with God, creator source. Right. I think that's a really nice thing in the 21st yeah, century. We all just have to be defined by one label. You know, I may be a very devout Buddhist, but I say Psalm 91 every single day for, for protection. You know, I also use, I also do like some white witch stuff when it comes to like putting my crystals outside <laughs> in the moon water and all that kind of stuff and doing petitions. That's more on like the magical side. So like, really, I just take whatever resonates with me. And I, I use that and that's what my God looks like, mm-hmm. you know, because God doesn't have to, or God doesn't have to be, you know, just this one person like in the sky. He can be whoever you want him to be, or it can be a she or, you know, it, it just has to be a God of your understanding. Right, right. And I think that's what makes you such a gifted practitioner too, because someone can come to you, but because you're trained in so many different things. And you have such a well-rounded knowledge of these different traditions and different modalities that when they come to you, they're, yes, they're coming to you for a problem or an issue that they need help with. And they're thinking they're going to be getting a Reiki session, but you bring so much more into the session because it's you, you are, you're the vehicle and the vessel. And it's multi-modality. And I think that's such a, a beautiful gift for people who are going to you for your Reiki. In my mind, I am thinking of like perfume, where there's different notes of different things. And it 
putting it all together. So funny that you say that. You know what I'm saying? It's funny you say that because when I was in Egypt, I brought back 15 different oils that like specifically grow there that are essential oils. And I have just started incorporating them when I do Reiki. Oh, that is so cool. And I got goosebumps when yep. you said that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there's there's certain oils that work on certain chakras. So, like, if I know that somebody's having a bo- bottom, if somebody is having problems with their bottom root chakra, that I'm going to use something associated with the root chakra chakra, rather it be like red amber or amber cashmere or something like that. Would be I would put you know put it all over my hands and then put my hands on their stomach. I of course ask them first if it's okay, yeah. but then I would put it on their stomach and leave it there for a couple of minutes. And usually that relieves like menstrual cramps. It can help indigestion, all that kind of stuff. That is amazing. That sounds, oh, that sounds so wonderful. Yeah. I'm going to over for a Reiki treatment sometime then, oh, lady. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will be there. I think it's, I'm going to say magical how all of this has evolved, has been evolving in your life. So you had, so I, what I'm seeing is like the arc of your, your journey from like childhood to now, I mean, being born in Singapore and living in Southeast Asia and then to Texas. And then here you are in Hawaii and, you know, who knows where you'll, where you'll be in another five, 10 years or whatever, but it's like, you're picking up all these different gems and jewels along the way of your, of your journey. And then, I mean, it's, I feel like your life and your life experiences have been so rich. And maybe it's because I've read your chart. So I say gems and jewels because of your chart and your nakshatra, but, and that what a gift it is to be able to share that with others. So I feel like you're really good about like not keeping it just for yourself, but sharing it with others because really that's super important and meaningful and why you feel so passionate about spending the time, your resources into all these different classes, to traveling, to, to being in that, that space and just committing to your your journey of the esoteric wisdom and knowledge and always wanting to learn and seek and being, you know, just this open vessel for learning. I think it's so wonderful. And then you share it with all of us. And I think that is so exciting too. Well, so for the esoteric part, you know, and thank you for saying all those sweet things. I I love you for saying all the sweet things. But um, as far as like the esoteric studies, you know what, ever since I was a little child, I used to steal my mom and, Je- my mom and dad's National Geographics and I would cut out his pictures of like jaguars and the pyramids and like, you know, just everything. And so I would sit there and I would do this during the summer and tell me how nerdy this is. I would sit there on my dad's computer and type up everything that I could possibly think of relating to the pyramids, esoteric knowledge, how did they build them, 
you know, just like just just anything and everything. I would geek out on my dad's computer and put all the pictures with it. And then I would make like a really thick book of everything I learned, you know, but then I don't know my search for the esoteric. It's always there. I always know that there's a hidden level of things that they don't show us, that they don't let everybody know. Those are the things that I want to know. Those are the things that I always search for. You know, and like Jesus is a really, really good example. And even though I'm not Christian, I look at the story of his life and where he's been. And that man, met, he went so many places. He learned so many different things. He learned Reiki. He learned yoga. I mean, he went to India. He learned so many different modalities, you know, and was kind and compassionate. And there's no reason why all of us can't learn those different modalities. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have to have the thirst for it. You have to have the um, the want, you know, the need for that kind of information because it's not for everybody. And it might twist some people's brains a little bit right? <laughs> because because all, like all of the stuff I'm learning, everything is connected. Like literally speaking, everything is connected. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, down from the the pebble outside to my table to my bed. They're they're all connected. It's all energy. Right. Yeah. And sometimes we forget that. Or we're too busy with other things and our mind is preoccupied and in mind loops and worrying about things and, you know, obsessing over the unimportant that we don't get to, we don't have the time and space to like really see see that. So I think that's wonderful. So what are you planning to do next? So now you've got your master's and you're going to be studying the Egyptian, the Sekhmet? Sekhem Reiki. Sekhem Sekhem Reiki. And then after that, you'll be using that modality in your services about when is that probably july august like like the soonest i can get it done i promise i promised myself this year i was going to go through at least two classes two to three classes i need to take this year and just have this year just just for learning even mm-hmm. though i'm always learning just like i had to be serious about it this year That's you know so yeah yeah after the egyptian reiki i don't know what would be next Honestly, I'm kind of leaning towards and I'm just putting it out there because I know how the universe works. I would one day love to have a retreat center slash plant medicine facility where people could come and not only get the help that they need with like whether it's through hypnosis, there's something else one of my friends does named Libby. She does quantum healing light therapy was she uses her hands and like she can go through your energy. It's called triptonic therapy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's really, it's it's different. It's really interesting. But yeah, I just, I keep envisioning this healing center with, you know, of course it's going to have a a couple Buddhist attributes, but then if I could introduce the plant medicine there in some way, in a very safe and legal way, because there's so much benefit, I think people can get from plant medicine as well as Reiki and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Light, light working and energy modality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a that would be such a beautiful space where people feel safe. They can heal. They can release what needs to be released in a nice, safe, nurturing environment. 
exactly. I think that's I think that's really important to have that that sacred safe place to do that kind of work or for people exactly. to have that kind of, of healing. Yeah, yeah, it has to be an environment where everybody feels safe and protected. I would want it like way deep out in the woods, really away from a lot of EMFs. You know, but just have everybody have everybody there for about a week or two, give them only organic vegetarian food. You know, yeah. I just like I I keep seeing it like in in the forefront of my mind. And, you know, I might be moving to Washington later in the year. And so I I don't know. I just feel called to some somewhere down the line this is gonna happen. Like I'm I'm claiming it right now. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. Yes, yes. And then you could put your symbols around the the structure and then have it protected and safe. Like I'm mm-hmm. thinking like how the Egyptians did the hieroglyphs and mm-hmm. so that it's safe, protected space. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. I think you're onto something there. Me too. <laughs> and hey, hey, you could always be a part of it and do everybody's chart and do everybody's numerology and charts. I was going to say, because your numbers, this is a, a really, a really important year for you with numerology, your, with your numerology from your birth date that you sent me. Yeah. 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 So big year for you. Very aligned, very door opening. So, And you know what? I, I feel it too, because I just, I just got invited to do another fair with, with Lemuria, like I told you. And then after that, there's another fair. And so like all literally doors opening this year (laughs) yeah 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 I can sense that from our time together and it's so exciting I am so happy for you your work needs to be out there and helping all those people that are just waiting yeah that that could really use your work here your magic yeah thanks please tell people where they can find you is there a certain kind of person you like to work with or you find that they are really drawn to your work or you enjoy working with? Tell us about the business R&R Healing. Yes, R&R Healing. Um, so the R&R, so the first R stands for Reiki and then the last one stands for regression. And so most of the time what I've started doing in my sessions is I'll start running Reiki, you know, about 20 minutes before the client even comes in. And then when the client comes in, the Reiki still open and flowing. So they don't realize when they're getting like a hypnosis. Of course, I have to ask their, their okay. They have to give me the okay first. But after they tell me, okay, I run the Reiki and then they're getting Reiki at the exact same time that they are in hypnotherapy. You know, because why not kill two birds with one stop? Right. Right. Or they could do just a separate Reiki treatment by itself, which I really... I really push that a lot because Reiki can help with emotional, physical, and mental problems. But the best place to probably find me is www.r and, and and is going to be spelled out, rhealing.com. Um, okay. And then you can always send me a message on there. But the easiest way to contact me is just shoot me a text. I'm old school. Just shoot mm-hmm. me a text. My number is 808 798 0883. And I will gladly take anybody's phone calls, answer questions. I do have an Instagram and TikTok, and those are going to be under the same name, R&R Healing. 
Mm-hmm. Actually, I think on TikTok, it's Courtney T and then underscore R&R healing. Okay. And I'll be sure oh, yeah. to put all this information in the show notes. Yes. So that way everything's in one place in case they missed it or they're driving. It will be in the show notes. So not to worry about that. So yeah. Okay. Awesome. I was, I love how you explained what R&R, because that was going to be my next question. How did you come up with the name of your business? That fascinates me. So yeah, I, I just thought, why not put them together? Actually, my monk, I, I, the last time or a couple of years ago when I was in Texas, I was like, wait a second, wait, wait a second. Cause I was talking to my monk and I was like, wait a second, can I put the Reiki and the regression together? And he looked at me, he was like, well, of course, like, duh, <laughs> of course you can. So I thought, oh, well, that's a perfect name. R and R. Yes. Yeah. I'm always fascinated with how people come up with their business names. And I love that it's R and R because there's yeah. so many R's that could be the R and the R. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Rest and relaxation. All of my kids, their initials are R, R. I oh, have four kids and they're all R's. And they're, of course, everyone's last name is Revis. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, that's so cool. See, I'm already part of the clan already. You are, absolutely. In this lifetime, and I'm sure in others. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast and for sitting down and chatting with me and sharing about your business and your journey from your early childhood and till now and your quest your insatiable quest for spiritual knowledge and your curiosity and your beautiful offerings. I know you're going to do amazing, amazing work in the world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh yeah, guys. I don't know if I said this or not, but um, if, if you want to book a session with me, just mention 10, 10 off Michelle, or you can just say Michelle or whatever, and that'll give you 10 off of a, a hypnotherapy or Reiki appointment. If you oh. Thank you so much. That's so generous. Thank you, Courtney. Of course. Okay. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Money Lighthouse podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs. Hopefully it brightens your day and inspires you to take action on your dreams. We'll leave the light on until the next time, friends. Keep shining because people are searching for your particular kind of magic.